Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Otaku Rioho Podcast, a podcast in the Geek Therapy Network of Podcasts. In Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to know each other and ourselves is through the media we love. And here in Otaku Rioho, we believe that anime is the best example of this. I am Jan Ramos, and I am accompanied by Josue. Hello. And Mark. Hello there. Who's Which Mark? is our special guest today. Who is this Mark? Who are you, Mark? I am a recent graduate um, for... Uh, yeah, I have my bachelor's in psychology. Hello. And um, I am a co-host with John on another very well-known podcast in the Geek Therapy Network of Podcasts. Uh, here comes the thought. All about and Steven I also Universe. have another podcast with Josue uh, on the Geek Therapy Network known of as podcasts. the Codex of Podcasts. Known uh, as the Codex. The Codex Podcast. Yeah, Jen, so, you know, it's up to you if you want to edit all of those podcasts out. But yeah, welcome, Mark, <laughs> to Otaku Ryoho. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually... Uh, I did a lot of homework for this episode. So, John, what are we talking about today? So, today, I wanted to talk about slice-of-life anime. And why, do you ask? Is that is that what you're asking, Jose? Um, I just want to know the topic. But now uh, that you brought it back to me, can you please tell me what slice-of-life is? Because I found a lot of conflicting information on the internet. Okay, so slice-of-life is any... It, it's a genre, and right, that means you can have a whole anime that fits the genre, and you can have individual episodes that fit the genre as well, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the main concept of Slice of Life is that it either works with like ordinary characters or ordinary circumstances, or that it follows the lives of the ordinary lives of specific characters. So, if, for example, we had uh, an anime about witches, but you're following them through their high school education or through, you know, just being with their families, something like, for, like, for example, Kiki's Delivery Service, right? Mm -hmm. It has a very slice of life feel because even though there's magical elements, you feel like you're getting the slice of someone's life. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. And so the reason I brought up this this whole topic is because recently I watched a an amazing anime with my wife, and I really wanted to talk about it. And that mm -hmm. anime is Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. So mm. that that title is a mouthful, right? Yes. But it's it's kind of a hard concept to to sort of like wrap my head around but the general idea is it follows the lives of high school students right but in a sort of magical realism where there's this condition or this what they call a syndrome right that's called adolescent syndrome or puberty syndrome literally the translation switches between them like the dub and the and the subs as well, it, it switches between adolescence and puberty syndrome and never sort of agrees, right? But the concept is that there is this syndrome that happens to adolescents where their emotional state 
actually like influences reality in a very sort of like a uh, Christopher Nolan mindy mind bendy way right huh. so as an example i'm going to show you like the first arc which is just three episodes like each arc is like three episodes right okay and so the first arc is the main character he sort of um he becomes infatuated with his senpai which is a girl that used to be a like a child star that used to be in commercials and movies and something like that and then she decided to stop working as a as an actor just to go back to living an ordinary life but when she goes back to her ordinary life she feels invisible like she's she's no longer in the spotlight as she used to be and the way this happens in the series is that suddenly nobody notices her absolutely nobody it's like in doctor who where you have the perception filter yeah yeah she becomes completely invisible to everyone except the main character and so, so the this, main this is the manifestation of her of her um puberty syndrome exactly huh. this is the manifestation of her puberty syndrome where she feels so invisible that literally people stop seeing her right huh. And then the main character and her are just going around and and trying to find out what's happening. So they go to his to her mom and they're like, the mom's like, I I've never had a daughter and stuff like that. It's like she never even existed. But there there's a lot of like uh, perception, psychological, timey wimey stuff, right? And so over time, he notices that he if he can get the like the a great amount of people to notice her even though she doesn't exist she'll pop back into existence and so what he does is that in the middle of like a a a class in high school he you know he cuts class and he goes outside to the to the um the patio is that what we call it right the the court Oh, like a courtyard? Yeah, the courtyard, right? Okay. He goes out to the courtyard and he said, hey, I'm in love with you. And he, he does like this huge declaration of love for that one, for the, the senpai, right? And because he does that in such an embarrassingly, you know, public way, everybody starts wondering who this girl is. And so suddenly she pops back into existence, right? And so every episode, every arc that usually consists of three episodes is the main character meeting a girl in his school who usually is going through some psychological, you know, uh, problems and issues. And it represents itself in a very like science fiction-y interesting way. Huh. And huh. I, I found this, the concept of this series so, so incredibly wonderful and beautiful that I just had to share it with with this podcast, right? Because another example is the main character. This is this happens in the first episode. The main character's sister, she was bullied, um, and she was being cyberbullied over the phone and social media, and she started developing uh, scars and physical wounds on her body where she shouldn't have right because she was only getting emotionally abused but she felt that emotional abuse so strongly that she started having you know physical injuries and so when i was watching this series i was working 
in a in a child and adolescent unit in a hospital and all i could think about is how anybody who's going through some sort of like emotional issues or something like that could def- definitely benefit from coming up with metaphors right and yeah. and asking themselves you know how would ad- adolescent syndrome look in me right yeah yeah how- yeah and having those sort of metaphors for yourselves and then asking yourself how can i solve this this adolescent syndrome and so mm-hmm. i was simply amazed by that concept and i just wanted to talk about just slice of life and how it it centers ordinary lives and how seeing that in anime it it sort of personally for me it makes it makes life seem more beautiful and less less mundane but at the same time we're talking about mundane topics right and so i don't know i'm just in love with with slice of life and i wanted to know you guys' opinion on now, i believe this is also your favorite genre of anime correct yes it is i know that because you said it on the first episode i just wanted to reiterate uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um mark how do you feel about slice of life uh well I say they're my second favorite type of anime up there um after you know the classic shonen action animes you know like Dragon Ball Z and uh I I would even say like Haikyuu Haikyuu it's one mm-hmm. of those shonen animes mm-hmm. it, it's just like those animes just you know they they really get the blood going they really, they really like are, are mm-hmm. exciting and, and full of adventure but I feel like slice of life animes are a di- like they get my blood pumping and they get my my emotions rising and going but in a much different way they take a much different avenue um mm-hmm. for me personally when it comes to slice of life animes i go the rom-com route um those are those are my thing so mm-hmm. you have uh animes like toradora you have uh my romantic comedy like my romance life is a comedy uh now you have like quintessential quintuplets, rent a girlfriend, all these uh, different kinds of more recent anime. Um, they're they like they are detailing that that basic everyday life of just going through the motions. You're just going through life with no real special attributes, no real powers, or nothing really super about it. But it get, it presents it in such a very unique way, and it presents romance in, in this such comedic way that it's just you can't help but just find yourself so attached to these characters, despite some of them being completely over the top. Like they're very eccentric, and you know that they're just supposed to be a generalization. Mm-hmm. But yet they possess this like attribute that just gets you to like gets you attached to them. Like you just you have to stick around, and you're really rooting for them. You're hoping for the best. Uh, and then when when things don't go necessarily their way, and it's like a serious, more serious episode, then you really feel that you really feel all those emotions, and at some points you may even want to cry. You know, it really all depends. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I like slice of life anime, and I, I think for the same reasons that I like most anime, it feels it's just better anime is just better <laughs> than everything else um i i think that in like i know i talk about shonen a lot right and it's like because i i want to see someone you know get angry and like blow up a planet you know um they take it to that kind of extreme and i think 
that I think the slice of life can do the same thing, but in 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 terms of emotions. Mm-hmm. So things like I, I, let me see. I'm trying to think of an example of just like the attention that is given to a facial expression mm-hmm. or to a moment, right? Like like a, a a moment where you're supposed to feel something, you're you're left there, right? To to feel it. Yeah. Um. Maybe more or stronger. And there's like cues, right? Like like you see, there's something about body language. You know, in in a lot of anime, we see. Uh, that they are very, um, like in a comedy anime, right? Like people fall back and there's like, um, the face completely changes and there's like, uh, effects around them and, and, you know, so many different things. And, and in some of the, um, more, uh, maybe subdued slice of life, because I mean, some slice of life has, is like that animated too, but in even the more realistic ones, it's like, they'll zoom in on a hand Mm-hmm. And that'll like twitch, right? Or like yeah. they'll zoom in on like little things that show you how the person, not just how they're like how strongly they're feeling something, or maybe they will they will call attention to something that it, and then in other genres would not be um, given that much attention. Mm-hmm. So again, something like a, a small um, a physical. Um, response or reaction is front and center in a in a slice of life. I don't know, and and so I think that makes them special in the sense that it's an anime. Although I do have, I'm curious uh, what you both think about that kind of um, those observations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm, I'm, I'm maybe that's just like how I see it. I'm curious what you all see, but also like how. What's the difference between like a slice of life and just a drama? <laughs> I'm curious um, um, about that because if I try to think of the equivalent to Western drama, mm-hmm. um, I have I, I have an example. Okay, 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 yeah. Because I I feel like uh, like Western yeah. dramas are the the like the boring equivalent, yeah, uh, of that right. Like everything is like not as yeah. exciting or not as um, pronounced in in just like typical Western uh, stuff. Um, generally, yeah. So I'm I'm curious. What do you think? So, for uh, a good example would be, so um, Death Note is a drama, and it's a shonen, right? It, it fulfills those two criteria, um, but it's not a slice of life. Um, Fruits Basket is both a drama and a slice of life, right? Because okay. Okay. you 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 have that sense of ordinariness, you have that sense of you're you're seeing somebody's lives. Um, Haikyuu, I would consider a shonen with with heavy um, slice of life um, influences because you always have these scenes where you see Hinata with his with his family, or you see a, a um, what's this dude Suki, right? He's with his brother, right? And when you get these moments when you're seeing them go back to their houses and and keep their passion for volleyball and just talk amongst friends, that's a slice of life for you. But when you're having this super extreme, just like volleyball battle sequences, right? Then that's where the shonen shines the most. 
so that that's how I would sort of make that distinction. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean. I mean. So. So what you're saying is it doesn't. Uh, like they're they're not mutually exclusive. Uh, it, it's very common to be to be both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So. So what do you think of like my my characterization of uh, of slice of life? Agree? Disagree? Don't no. like it? Yeah. No. I I definitely agree. And I I am thinking back to a lot of the slice of life animes that I've watched over uh, my many years of existence here. And I have a like I have a couple of specific examples from Toradora, which is like my all-time favorite of Slice of Life and possibly my all-time favorite anime in general. Um, like there is a particular episode, it's like a sort of like a Christmas episode, um, where um the main character, his name is uh Takasu Ryuji, and he goes to the main female protagonist's house her name's Taiga, on Christmas because she left the school Christmas party early so he could have a chance to confess to his crush, um, even though, like, it's sort of implied throughout the whole thing that she sort of has a crush on him, but now she's helping him get a hold of his crush. Um, but he goes to surprise her because he's like, oh, no, but I still want her to be happy because they're really good friends. And he sort of, like, leaves her his scarf at some point. And so he runs back to the school to go and confess to, uh, you know, to his crush. And she's like, oh, I forgot to give this back to him. I'll give it back to him. And as she, like, is holding the scarf, it focuses on the scarf itself. And then you start seeing the teardrops fall. Cause mm-hmm. then, and then it shows, pans up slowly to her face. And she's like, oh, why am I crying? And you just, like, it just pauses on her face for, like, a couple seconds. And you just see these tears streaming down her face as she's sort of realizing, no, this isn't what I want. I want to spend Christmas. I want to sp- I want to be with him. And then she then rushes out of her apartment and rushes outside trying to find him while it's snowing and freezing. And then she just kind of collapses outside and is crying. And that is, like, one of those, like, big moments in the show where you sort of like as the audience member are starting to realize that Taiga is really having feelings for uh, Ryuji mm-hmm. and despite all of her efforts in trying to get him with her best friend who is his crush you know she's now developed these feelings and the audience is really seeing how torn up she's she is over the whole thing mm-hmm. because on one end she's trying to put on this brave face and be happy for him at the same time she is completely uh, torn and distraught because she's worried that she's going to lose him as a person, as a friend, as someone close to her. Yeah. Because, you know, she kind of grows up without much of a family. And with him, she sort of gets that sensation because of his home, which is right next door, and then his mom and everybody else around. So that's like one key moment. And then there's another one later with Ryuji and his mom where he like yells at her because he finally just kind of snaps and he gets mad at her mm-hmm. and she again it's one of those things where it like pauses on her face and you see her sort of tearing up before um and Taya like grabs his hand and says hey let's let's run and then they run away mm-hmm. but then it also stops on his mom's face as he's running away as she's like looks at him running and again crying so like that like it really is like driving home those emotions and those yeah. the, and it really shows like how hurt those characters are and then it, in some ways you are picking up on that hurt feeling or you're picking up on that sadness because it's like right in your face yeah so so uh, 
now that you've agreed with me and I heard you say all of that, I want to I want to re uh, issue my statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like all these things are are maybe not so much just slice of life, but maybe that is just like anime drama anime right? thing. Yeah, and it's an mm-hmm. anime thing and a drama thing, right? Where like it it's it'll get you emotionally, and it, it does that kind of stuff. What makes it slice of life is that in Torodora they're all like they're they're in high school and really the yeah. the 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 adventure the journey is um you know it's puberty ordinary. and crushes and mm-hmm. you know um the friendship on a on a on a scale that feels or that that it, it's in a setting and in a context that is yeah is I guess uh, I know like people throw around the word like mundane, but just like, you know, like, I don't know, like everyday yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So to build upon that, mm-hmm. and I think this is part of what I really love about um, Slice of Life. It's the beautifying of the mundane, of mm-hmm. what is ordinary. And as an example, so uh, how far are you in the Persona games? Yeah. <laughs> Um, in, in five and yeah. in, in yeah, five, yeah. I'm super early. Okay. Uh, super, okay. super early. Have you, have you gotten to, to understand the concept of social links in the game? No, no, oh, no. You haven't like, gotten to the good part. I know. I know. Uh, okay. I've, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this may be irrelevant, um, yeah. and maybe a future, the topic of a future episode, but, uh, persona is. I mean, I played three also, um, and I mean, mm-hmm. not three, four, I played four, um, but five within the first hour, like I am, like it, it animated me hard, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like it was, it was so like, I felt for that character so, so, so much. Yeah. And I was angry and I was like angry at the world for, for the way that he was treated and the people around, like there was, there was so there was so much feeling in that first mm-hmm. in that first hour, and yeah. then like he goes to school in this new place, right, where he like has to go because basically like he was arrested and jailed, and like they move him away, and at the school yeah. they treat him like a delinquent, and like oh yeah, oh. but no, I haven't gotten to the part okay. about social link. Sorry. So what I'm <laughs> what I'm trying to get at here is we we often get empowered from anime, right? Like. When we watch Shonen, we get this this feeling of, oh, it would be so cool if I could just, right now, I'm at a mall, and then some alien would just like burst through the ceiling, and then I would go Super Saiyan and break everything, and then, you know, have this super extreme fight sequence or something. Like, <laughs> growing up with anime, I, I bet all three of us had those so, sort of ideas, you know, invading our do. thoughts. Yeah. Right, and so what slice of life does for me, it it gets me excited for ordinary concepts of life, and this is the this is why I wanted to bring up um Persona, five. When I was playing Persona five, it, it sort of the game divides itself between a dating sim, where you sort of build relationships with friends, and the sort of like action phantom thief like RPG element of the game, right? 
And when you're doing the dating sim part, you're building these relationships that are just like beautiful, they're well written and everything. And I remember playing Persona 3 when I was in high school. And then the more I played the game, the more it made me want to go back to school and develop relationships with my friends that were equally as as fulfilling, right? It, it made me want to go back to school and be with friends. Because, you know, having that sort of game mechanic and having it being, you know, fulfilling in that very same sense, it sort of makes me value ordinary life all the more. Another great example is food in anime, right? There's there's videos and anime edits, and there's a great library of videos of just people... Um, loving the way the cooking process is animated. When you watch um, Weathering With You and you see those two main characters making ramen together, it just gets you to this point where you want to have that same meal at home. You want to be the one going back home, being with somebody you love and cooking. And that sort of empowerment and that sort of feeling that gets you back in life and tells you, you know, even the ordinary can be made beautiful if you know how to portray it, right? And if you know how to see that beauty. And anime does such a great job at animating the beauty of the ordinary and the mundane. And slice of life, I think, is where that thrives. And so, yeah, I think that's part of where we get that that sort of the warm and fuzzies that, that slice of life gives us. I don't know if you've had similar experiences. I think this is the perfect moment to um, uh, bring up my favorite yeah. Slice of Life episode. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Goku's Ordeal, episode 125 <laughs> of Dragon Ball Z, which uh, does not, uh, I think... Uh, which is I don't think it's an exception to what you're saying, but I think I think we keep trying to like write ourselves into a corner, like to define it. But I, I think it can be so many different things. Mm -hmm. And then in that particular episode of Dragon Ball Z, it's it's a filler episode between two arcs, between uh my favorite arcs probably. Um where uh yeah, like Chi Chi's just like coming home uh with groceries and a dinosaur attacks her so she's angry and she tells her husband to go get a driver's license so he can drive her to the supermarket and back so she doesn't have to walk <laughs> and and then in the episode uh, um he goes to get his driver's license and uh he uh messes up he takes piccolo along also and uh it is it is hilarious but it is taking in this case right these you know, super powered beings and putting them in a situation that is just like, oh yeah, no, like everybody goes through that. Like everybody or everybody, you know, a lot of people have had to go get their driver's license, you know, and it's the version of this, of this world. But like, there's no, there's no fights in the episode. There's no, you know, it's like we see Gohan doing his homework and being bored and like getting out of the window because, you know, to do something else because he's, You'd rather be training or doing something else. It's like it's just a whole episode dedicated to that, and I think in in that sense, it's in this example, it's not a sense of uh, beauty of the mundane or anything like that, right? But still, it's like it's almost like a slice of life is can is like proof 
that you can take a character that you really love and have them do anything and it mm -hmm. still be engaging and you would still care. Right. And it's like, oh no, like I care about these characters. I would watch them just going to go get their driver's license <laughs> and see yeah. how they would act and seeing what would happen. And maybe any other character who is like doing their homework, I wouldn't care, but because it was Gohan and I see how like depressed he is because he has to, you know, be locked in his room doing his homework. Um, I care. I care about that. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? What's your response? Mark, do you, you know what episode I'm talking about? Always. <laughs> I think, I definitely believe I always love episodes where they take, you know, the shonen characters and put them in ordinary circumstances. While, while they're still, there's that shonen character, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what it does is also humanize those characters and let you know that sometimes they struggle with getting a driver's license just like us, you know? Yeah. And having that sort of representation in a way, I think helps make us identify with these characters even better, right? Um, oh, oh does, does this count? Um, I don't know if you've ever watched mm -hmm. Attack on Titan Junior High. I saw the first episode. So that that this show is hilarious mm -hmm. right and it's obviously it's not um it's not canonical to the story mm -hmm. but it but it takes the all of the elements yeah. and inst and just throws them into a school setting yeah and it's like you know what would sasha be like you know if if, if you know if uh, at a school cafeteria or what would um you know what would levi be like as a professor <laughs> or something like that um it is Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that would that count as would you consider that? Yeah, I definitely consider I think that it's still sort of shown in because it, it still sort of focuses on a bit of action. Um, but definitely it, it scaled up the slice of life greatly. Yeah. And so yeah. what it does is that, you know, a series that you part of the comedy of of Attack on Titan High School is that you know that the series is a very action heavy tragedy heavy series, uh, Attack on Titan. I'm and referring to specifically. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's then, just playing with those tropes. Yeah, and then when you see Attack on Titan High School, what it's doing is that it's showing these characters that you've only seen suffer, um, and and then you know lift themselves up but suffer again in this constant cycle that is the attack on titan story right but you see yeah. them having that same struggle but in a such an ordinary sort of even while still magical setting um that you can't help but sort of feel relieved as you're watching it like when well, you because, see... because the threat there's no threat right like they, uh -huh. they remove the threat from it and leave all the other elements and just play yeah. with it right it's, so um, you're saying, oh no, they're taking all the lunch away, and and yeah. it's funny because they're not dying. Yeah, yeah <laughs> in front yeah. of you, right? Yeah. yeah, and that's part. I think part of what you get from that series is not only comedy but relief, because yeah. Yeah. I was talking with with my wife the other day, and she was telling me about how much she loves uh, fan art of Attack on Titan, where they're like pop stars or stuff like that, where she gets to see them happy. 
um, <laughs> and and gets to see them live another life in which they're not constantly suffering. And that's part of the joy that you get from watching Attack on Titan High School. You get to imagine them living a happier life. It's the same thing with um, Neon Genesis Evangelion, right? Yeah. Right at the end where he's having this sort of dream-like sequence where he imagines a life in which he didn't have to, you know, fight these extraterrestrial creatures for the fate of the world. And he could just be a, 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 a you know, high school student. And, and I believe that there are manga and visual novels yeah. of that. Angelic Days, I think it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a title, like near Genesis Evangelion Angelic Days. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's definitely something we get from seeing these characters that go through trauma and then reimagining their story uh, in a in a much more ordinary, beautiful, and mundane setting, where the core of the story isn't trauma, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was a yeah. great example. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and we don't have to like keep uh, you know I'm, I'm uh, that I, I think that'll be the last time I try to like fit something in mm-hmm. to to the the genre because I I did watch a bunch of just like I looked up a bunch of lists mm-hmm. uh, about uh, different um, like what are the what are the best slice of life anime and again mm-hmm. some of them were strange i i remembered one the other day that really surprised me but uh i don't remember which one it was but but i saw i saw some good ones i started watching uh Torodora and i liked it a lot i really want to keep watching that um I'm, I'm happy to hear that uh it's it's one of your favorite if not your favorite anime mark it's um, amazing it's really good. It's really, it's really good. good. I you know, think I've watched Toradora from start to finish at least four times. It is good. It's um, really, really good. I started watching a show called Anahana, oh, which yeah. is uh, about a group of friends who um, one of the friends in the group dies, and then two years later, her ghost appears. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't finished the show yet, but uh, so far uh, I'm... I'm loving it um, because it's, it's again, like that's the element uh, that's like, that's that happened, but it's really about like, Oh, yeah. how does this affect their daily lives and how are they going on? You know? And, yeah. and, and only the main character can see her. Uh, yes. So far. That's, yeah. that's yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and what else have I, and then, so I watched, I saw a bunch of uh, Clanad on many, mm-hmm. uh, many yeah. lists. And when you were talking about Persona, I had a realization. Mm-hmm. Um, in in this particular show, uh, there's something there's something strange about it. It might be the dub, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but there's something like kind of otherworldly about what's about the way things are happening. And as you were talking about Persona, I realized uh, kind of what it was, and I, I googled it, and so. Clannad was originally a visual novel and the show is an adaptation of that. And so in the show, it's, it's like you have this main character who like he, he keeps finding himself in these situations where he's, he's just helping people left and right. Mm-hmm. And there was something so strange about it. It's almost like watching a superhero, mm-hmm. but watching him, in high school, right? Like, yeah. oh, like, like, this girl's um, lonely, so I'm gonna go just like say hello, 
and yeah. maybe cheer her up and like, oh, this girl over here, like she hurt her hand. Um, and so I'm going to, uh, you know, maybe give her some advice and, um, and, and help her. And, and I'm going to go, you know, like, oh, my friend is sick. I'm going to go check yeah. on them. And n- now, like, as I think about it, I'm like, oh, no, that makes sense. This is an adaptation of a visual, of a visual novel. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, yeah. but just seeing this, like, I remember, I've only seen a couple episodes and I'm watching the show and I'm like, I, I aspire to be that person. Like yeah. I would, I want to be able to like walk past the classrooms, look, look through, see somebody that's sad and just, you know, take some time out of my day to, to help them. Mm-hmm. And, and you also hear like in this particular show at the beginning, right? Like the thing is he hates school and he hates his school. And so then, but, but when he's there, he's just like, he's just helping everybody. It is a, it is a strange feeling and it also it's also very engaging and endearing and and i'm really liking it and i understand why people (laughs) why people really like that show too um and he's literally just like in high school helping his friends on a daily basis with pretty normal stuff so far like oh like you always wanted to join the drama club why don't you restart the drama club? She's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And he's like, uh, I don't, I don't want to join the drama club, but I'll help you restart the drama club. <laughs> um, and it's just two students, you know, talk about that drama club, but it's, it's the anime way that it's done. Yeah. That is, uh, whew, yeah. No. Oh, and, and I think you brought like a, an interesting concept, the idea of like the superhero in, in right. Slice of life stories. This is exactly the sort of, warm and fuzzies I get from watching Fruits Basket, uh, Fruits Basket and yeah. Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Mm. They all have these main characters that are just, e- even if they, they haven't sorted their own crap out, right? Yeah, They have this emotional intelligence that allows them to see when somebody is suffering yeah. and be there for them. Yeah. And when when I was growing up, when I was in, in middle school and I was going through a lot of crap and a lot of depression, I wanted to be Toru Honda. I saw a lot of people around me that were suffering, but I wanted to be the one person that could, you know, take that and do something beautiful with it and do something positive with it. And that's that's part of why, you know, I ended up being a Fruits Basket evangelist, right? Just I thought you were having, gonna say that's why you ended up being a doctor. <laughs> this is part of why I ended up being a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a doctor, but it wasn't around middle school where I I started seeing people suffering. I started watching Fruits Basket, and I was like, I want to be this person. I want to be Toru Honda. I want to be the person that sees can identify when somebody is is having a hard time and be there for them, and. Yeah, so I'm I'm super grateful you brought that example of Clonad and like the the concept of the superhero, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, a lot of people who end up working in mental health have stories like similar to the one you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about, and and I mean, you've probably heard me say this many times, right? But like, I, I relate to the idea of uh, you know Batman saying, "This happened to me." And I never want this. I, don't, I never want any other child to uh, to experience what I experienced. So what can I do to stop that? 
And so, you know, uh, what he does is uh, not possible for me to do. But what uh, the character I Clannad is doing is uh, definitely something that I could do. Right? Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it's like you see it just happening over and over again. Um, and and the effect that it has, in mm-hmm. actually, in many ways. So so, I don't think about it this way, and I didn't even think of bringing up this like superhero uh, idea. But mm-hmm. the when Superman saves somebody and, uh, and you know, or, or any superhero literally saves someone, like usually they just, they just go on to the next thing or mm-hmm. like you get a moment of the person like, thank you. Thank you so much for saving my baby or something. And then, and then that's it. But like in, in, in a slice of life, like, Oh, like you're sharing half of your meal with me because I forgot mine. And like it hits you so much harder than, 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 you know, someone like saving somebody's life. There's something, I don't know if it's because it's relatable or because of the, I mean, it's probably because it's more relatable, Mm -hmm. but, but maybe because it's attainable or doable. Like Mm -hmm. I can't fly and like, and like, you know, put out a fire, uh, you know, with my ice breath, but I could, I could definitely like bring you soup if you're feeling sick or, you know, send you a funny meme to cheer you up. Yeah. Hmm. And the the other, the flip side of that is you get these characters that have so much emotional intelligence that it sort of rubs off on you. And when when I started watching Fruits Basket, I, I always remember whenever I was feeling down, thinking about what would Toru say, right? Yeah. Um, and when you say like... Um, when Superman saves someone, you get that scene where it's like, oh, thank you for saving my baby. Often in slice of life anime, when when somebody does something good for somebody else, they just become part of the cast. Yeah. Right? And yeah. they have that growth and you keep seeing seeing them grow. And sometimes their 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 growth isn't over and you keep seeing it grow across the series. Like much in the same way that when you have Goku fighting someone and then they become friends. Um, and you get to see that character continue on growing. In Slice of Life, it's like, you know that kid that was always alone and nobody ate lunch with him? Like, I gave them lunch, and now that kid is one of our friends, and he helps out another one of my friends when they're down. And yeah. so... And yeah, again, you, it's given the time and attention, right, that you wouldn't mm-hmm. otherwise do if if you had a big bad or a catastrophe or an apocalypse happening, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, you wouldn't take the time, but because you don't have any of those things, then the, the things you do have are the things you care about, whatever that may be. Yeah. That's just good. This is good. Give me more examples. This way. Hmm. Mark, Mark, do you have any other examples of shows that you like? Well, I mean, like when I when I was thinking like what uh what John was just talking about with like you know you do one good thing for for a character and all of a sudden they become part of the main cast I'm I'm thinking immediately back again once again to Toradora where you have uh Kawashima, you know she mm. comes in and around like what episode five six somewhere around there, and she's trying to come off as this airheaded model. But that's really, really nice. But then you see, you start slowly seeing what her true colors are like, especially through Ryuji. And it's because he doesn't care what, 
what her real like he'd rather see her real personality as opposed to the fake one which then shows her like oh i don't have to keep up this persona Mm -hmm. oh my goodness someone understands me at least to some extent and all of a sudden now she becomes part of the main cast someone that he goes to when he needs help and you know she eventually becomes a shoulder to cry on for uh minori or uh, um um you know that that happens later on in this series i'm not going to spoil it now now that i know that Josue is watching it yeah but like that's another thing um i'm trying to think back to some of my uh other animes that i've watched like um there's another slice of life one that i watched called golden time um and that involves a character that has i think it's a retrograde amnesia john you're the doctor correct me on this so Mm -hmm. what happens is he gets into an accident and he cannot remember anything in his life prior to the accident yeah that's retrograde. That's retrograde amnesia. All right, cool. I remembered. So he has retrograde amnesia. So he goes off to college and he's has this whole new personality, whole new persona, and eventually comes across this girl and they like each other. But then like his old personality, so he slowly starts remembering his previous life and that old personality comes and takes over at some points. It's a little, a little weird. I'm pretty sure the medical part of it is is not exactly the greatest, but you have like these small little characters that come in, like come into the series that are, they seem like they'd just be like one-off characters, but then they become part of the main cast. They become part of this overarching group of friends and they become invested in the story and the character development and in the characters that they have and and, and between the two main characters. So I feel like that's, I feel like that's part of something that has to come with every slice of life anime is you have a, like a character, you have a couple characters that sort of seem like they're just kind of like a one off, but then something small happens to them. And now all of a sudden they're part of the main, they're part of the main crew. They may not Mm -hmm. have the focal points or like the characteristics of being another main character, but they're, important enough that they stick around throughout this series and you still see parts of their growth you're they're just not really much of the main focus yeah it, it's almost like the like if um the uh, again like in, in a series that has a a world threatening or life-threatening thing happening you would never you would never look at that character again right they were just like like a, a, a like in an episode where you're traveling and you know you come across a city and then you meet a new character and then for that episode then you never see them again you wouldn't expect to see them again necessarily um mm-hmm. but here like you're not you're not necessarily moving around right you're in the same place it, it it makes sense to see someone again and actually people who you see right like people who exist around you are like they matter and right even even if you you aren't close to them like they they could they could be that you could be much closer and and like like you said like oh like you would you wouldn't expect to see them again or you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that they're important but if they they are because because they're there and they're alive and <laughs> like they're they're close to you in 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 age probably right in uh geography and proximity um yeah 
One thing I really like about Toradora is you, you mentioned the example of Kawashima, right? And so I, I really love her character because she, as, as Mark said, she acts like this sort of ditzy character. But in truth, she's, she's a very mean person, right? And it, it, in, a, in a way, it's to like hide her own weaknesses. But the way that the main character handles her, it, it's, it's not telling her like, you know, I want to change who you are or anything. He's actively telling her like, you know, if this is your personality, I'd rather see you in an honest way. But it also doesn't mean that I'm not going to shut you down when I see that you're doing something mean to one of my friends. Right. Or it doesn't mean that I'm not going to, you know, address when I think you're doing something that's uncool. But that doesn't mean that I would rather see you be somebody you're not. And I think that also sort of communicates the idea of having these characters that have this sort of emotional intelligence that then you can bring to your own life. Right. And being able to juggle different feelings about different people. And that's something I really like about that dynamic specifically in, in that anime. You know, the more we're talking about this, the more I'm sort of realizing how great slice of life animes are at showing just overall character development, not necessarily for just the main characters and for like mm -hmm. the main group of friends that usually surround the characters, but like even the background people, even the people that don't get an episode that, you know, they're, they're, they're simply just there to just to fill, fill the room. But you can even like in some animes, you really can see that the general background people, they start changing too. They start growing too, because you'll t like it when it comes to like the school animes, you'll always hear like rumors and you'll hear these things and you hear their whispering throughout and, like, they'll have a certain opinion at, like, the very beginning of the show. Like, you know, with, with Toradora, you have them all talking about Ryuji and, and Taiga being these absolute delinquents. But then, like, as the show progresses, their opinions and the way they interact with these people, all of a sudden, all of that starts changing. Like, everybody was so terrified of Ryuji in the beginning, like, to the point where he accidentally bumps into somebody and they immediately hand over their wallet to him. <laughs> because they're so scared of him and he just returns the wallet like to the lost and found but then you have it towards like halfway through this through the whole show through the whole series and everybody's joking around with him now now they're just you know they're playing around they're, they're not really playing into that whole delinquent role because <clears throat> of how much he's grown as a person since he's been interacting with kawashima and um Taiga and Koshiera and his own friend. I, I, Naku... I can't remember the friend's name. Oh my goodness. Kitamura? Uh, yeah, Kitamura. Yeah, yeah, Kitamura. Mm -hmm. So like with all of them, like through his interactions with the main pe like the main characters, it is now changing the background people, the background students that don't really matter in a sense you know mm -hmm. they're not relevant to the story but you still see their growth and their change as well because that in in turn that's what, kind of what happens to everybody as, you know as you're kind of going through the halls of school you know people might have one opinion about you in the very beginning of the school year but then as you start growing you start changing and you start interacting with different people 
then they, those people on their own are growing and they're going through their own changes, but their opinions and their view of you also changes depending on how it is that you're interacting throughout the school. Yeah. So it shows not only just the main characters and the secondary characters, but even the the, the third party characters or the tertiary characters, they are growing as well. And while they're obviously not the, the highlight and the focal point, it is still a, a nice little detail that they add into it to show like, Hey, even though these people don't matter to the story that's at hand, they're mm-hmm. still growing and they're still learning as well. Yeah. You mentioned the emotional intelligence John, a few mm-hmm. times already. Yeah. And I think that everything that Mark just said is, it's like, oh, wait a minute. We see these characters over a long time. We see how these things play out. We see how other people react to it. We see how they change. We see, like, there's so much that you can... Um, if you don't have those experiences on a daily basis, um, there there's a version of that there that you can, I mean, you, you can definitely, I mean, you will uh, learn from one way or the other. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that's the intention of Slice of Life anime, right? It's, it's more like, hey, like, look at these beautiful stories we can tell in these, mm-hmm. like, intimate spaces. Um, and... And there's something again. There's a, there's a lot you can pick up. I I, I remember I was in Colombia um, on a on a geek therapy trip, and at an event, someone came up to me and said, "You know, I was a I was a loner when I was. Um, I I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to how to make friends. I thought I thought other people were stupid. You know, like I didn't like anybody. And then." I started playing Persona and I realized that for me to get from one point to another, uh, other people could help me and I could help them also do the same thing. And so like, he gave me this whole story about how Persona, you know, cha- changed his life because he got to experience those emotional and social connections. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I, it, you know, it, it's similar to everything you just described, Mark, right? It's like, oh, like you see all of these things um, playing out. And if, if you've never seen them, and maybe that's one of the beautiful things about, about types of life is that you, you can't, um, I, we don't all have that. And we definitely don't have it at all times, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're revisiting that show, I imagine that, that there's a lot of um, joy and meaning that comes, that comes from it. But, and for a lot of people, like they, you don't have that in your, in your day to day. So to see that, just to see like, it's, it's possible or just like, if you keep seeing shows where you're like, oh, they're nice to each other and now they're friends yeah. <laughs> and now they are better than when they started off. Um, it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's just great to visualize the struggle. Right. Yeah. Um, there's two animes that I that that I come back to frequently, and it's Honey and Clover and and Pet Girl from Sakura Hall, and both of these animes is about students in art school, or one of them is in college. They're both they're all art students, and I think the other one is a high school, but it's like a boarding school that is very um, centered around the arts, right? And so in the pet girl from Sakurazo, the main character is a freshman. 
And so he he goes to a boarding school and he gets to assign to a dorm where like it's it's the most rickety dorm out of them all, right? But it's interesting to see this main character interact with his with his seniors, right? And when he comes when he comes in, he he sees all these all the seniors that live in his same dorm and he just admires them and all the work that they do and he constantly struggles with the idea of how am i supposed to live up to that same ideal right there's this dude that he's an amazing author and there's this girl that animates things and she like everything she does is great and throughout the whole series he struggles with you know finding his craft but over the series, you can also see as you sort of like um, explore the other narratives that the no the dorm gives you that the senpais or like the upperclassmen also have their own struggles, right? They're like, oh, I write these great novels, but nobody will recognize them, right? I I'm not I'm, I'm ha I struggle with finding a good publisher, and. There's this other character that she her dream is to do voice acting, and she keeps doing these um, uh, auditions and auditions, and she she doesn't get the 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 role. And the whole series is seeing them struggle, and but seeing them have these pockets of like joy, of of finding new inspiration, of finding new angles, but it's sort of like the opposite of a show like Food Wars, where the main character is capable of anything. Um, in this series, you just see them continue struggling, but choose to keep working hard at it, no matter what, right? Because it's their dream. And when I was watching the series, I was going through a similar struggle in medical school that I've talked about abundantly in the show. Um, and seeing these main characters say, you know, this is my passion. This is what I've loved my whole life. And so I have to find a way for this to work. And I have to keep my passion and my dream and my love of this sort of career path or of this passion alive through the hardships that are, you know, the the working world or like the the specifics of that specific of that particular career. Um seeing these characters struggle but still keep their passions and still, you know, admire each other and see value in each other to me was a very beautiful experience. And so sometimes it's not about oh, look at these characters have a beautiful resolution. Sometimes just seeing other people struggle, but seeing their strength of will through that struggle, it's something beautiful enough to, you know, inspire us and make us want to be better. And that's, that, that's my TED Talk. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I... I love slice of life. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a couple more shows I want to uh, talk about, but I don't want to like. I don't know if that's a good place for to to, to wrap up, um, or if there's something else that you want to bring up. Either of you, I could do, do this all day. I <laughs> believe you. Yeah, <laughs> I joked about this yeah. being a two-hour episode um, before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's possible. 
It's is there anybody? Possible. Is there anything anybody would would want to add, Mark? This is this is like your only speak now or forever hold your truth. Because you know, I we can bring up anything. A, look, we've talked a, a lot episode, about so. we talked a lot about Toradora, which is like really my greatest, my my true to form slice of life anime. <laughs> um. Any other anime that I had to like, I that I'd want to bring up, I would really have to go back and rewatch it. Because Toradora, like I said, I've seen it four times at least all the way through, and then I've gone through and watched like my favorite parts of it at least three times. You know, so I jump around through the episodes. But you know, when it comes to like Golden Time or like Rent a Girlfriend, Quintessential Quintuplets, like those two are are still relatively fresh. Like, Rent-A-Girlfriend wrapped up its first season, I believe, at the end of 2020. And mm. Quintessential Quintuplets just kicked off season two. Like, those are very nice slice-of-life animes with a little bit of over-the-top comedy and, mm-hmm. like, ridiculous situations. But it it's still, like, the messages that it brings are, are still, like, enough to, like, get you in the feels every now and again. Nice. So... All right, thank oh, you man. so much. For, sorry, what? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, well, you, you said you said a thing. You give us a chance to wrap up. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna bring up three shows real quick. Okay, real quick. Uh, one that I I started watching and I want to continue watching because um, the first episode uh, I thought was was incredible and the setup for it, which is Violet Evergarden, mm. and uh, the. The idea here—it's a little different from other uh, shows that we've talked about—but the the premise is that this this woman was in in, in like she was a so- well no no she's a, she's pretty young so this girl is in in a, a soldier, um, very affected by the fact that she's I just realized she's like a child soldier anyway so uh, after like she's hurt when she wakes up the war is over she has no purpose um, or she feels like she has no purpose she doesn't know what to do. And she ends up taking a job as a letter writer for people who don't know how to read or write. Mm-hmm. And she decides to do this because um, uh, she she's trying to help somebody do like as a favor, and she doesn't understand their how they what feelings they're conveying. Mm-hmm. And someone jumps in and is like, "Oh, I mean, the, you're describing love. Like, you know, you should say I love you at the end." And she is so shocked by the fact that this other person understood that this other person felt love for another person that she decides, no, I want to, I want to do that. I want to have that job. And so like the setup for it, again, I haven't watched the rest of the show, but the setup is that she is going to learn how to, um, emote, right? Uh, it's like a emotional intelligence training through the exercise of a, her, a, a new daily job, of um writing letters for people mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah, that's a beautiful concept yeah i, I yeah. wanted to watch it but i haven't but yeah. now you've 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 pushed it upwards on the list yeah yeah it came up on a few different lists i was like what mm-hmm. okay yeah i don't know and um and then uh there's another show that i started watching and, and i want to keep watching but what attracted me to it was it was called it's called uh, love is hard for otaku Mm. And uh, in the first episode, these uh, this this woman starts a job at a new place, and 
she's talking about um just like oh like she has to dress up and 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 be cool and not talk about her her interests you know like don't tell anybody i'm an otaku don't tell anybody i'm a, I'm a geek um and then she sees a friend that she knows in the hallway on her first day while she's getting a tour and she tells and she basically uh, she says hello to the guy and then he says something like oh i haven't seen you since that anime convention and she <laughs> freaks out because it's like she's trying to hide this part of herself in a corporate job and she's so used to like being discriminated against um because of that and and not being able to like connect with people because what she really loves like her passion is 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 anime and stuff right like and, and video games um yeah. and i i want to watch them because that is really relatable I don't know yeah. if if I've told you my new life rule. I don't think I don't think I'm, I'm going to date anybody who doesn't like anime. It's a new rule <laughs> that I've implemented. Uh, now that I'm single again, I just yeah, I just I don't think I can do it. I don't think I will. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just not going to happen. And um, and then finally, what I believe is my favorite uh, slice of life anime, um, because it is also so relatable, is Sekikun, the master of wasting time. An entire show that takes place in the back of a classroom where oh. the where the star of the show or the the main two characters, the only two characters that are actually like there um or have any lines or anything, are two characters sitting in the back of the classroom, one of them, uh Sekikun, who is always bored out of his mind and is therefore uh, trying to um entertain himself during a boring class. And the girl next to him, who is distracted by everything that he does on his desk. Um, there's a whole episode where he's just cleaning and buffing the table until mm -hmm. it shines. And then he finishes the table and he, he, he asks the girl next to, next to him for her clipboard so he can keep just wasting time. <laughs> it is... It is so relatable that it hurts. It feels mm -hmm. like watching uh, my life play out on TV. <laughs> but only anime would do something like that. Uh, like I, I feel like like maybe maybe there's a YouTube show somewhere, you know, about things like this. And uh, but it is it was it's just so that's that's my favorite. But just because it's so relatable. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, those are those are my last uh, the last ones that I I remember that I've watched recently. And, um, yeah. Good. Okay. So now that we're giving out recommendations, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I'm just going to put two out there. Okay. Okay. So first, if you want to see a beautiful representation of depression and trauma and post-traumatic no. growth. Okay. <laughs> but like emphasis on post-traumatic growth, just seeing this character go from, from you know, depths of despair to just appreciating all the beauty of life. Okay. You should watch the the ancient Magus Bride. Okay. I uh, I it's so the premise is a bit weird, but you'll you'll get used to it as the story goes, right? Oh, okay. But That's the premise is that this the the main character she she's she used to see well she still sees them um spirits and ghosts and and malevolent spirits right and so because of it she's been ostracized from um all of her relationships right and so 
eventually she comes to this point where she's so depressed and suicidal that she chooses to sell herself to slavery, right? And so this ancient Magus that has like the, the his face is like this skull, like this um, horse skull, like you would see like in, in like cowboy sort of aesthetic, you know what I mean? Yeah, like a longhorn steakhouse. Yeah, has one. he he yeah. looks like a lich, like okay. like a lich king, right? Okay, okay. Well, he um pays for her, right? And he tells her, "I want you to be my wife." It's a sort of like, um, gothic romance, beauty and the beast sort of scenario, okay. right? Yeah. But he tells her, "Um, I want you. I want to convince you that I'm a lovable person, so you'll fall in love with me and you'll marry me, right?" But because he can pay for her, then he can ensure that she'll give him the time of day, so as to say, right? And so that's the premise. It's very yikes, right? But throughout the series, what ensues is that she interacts with many um, creatures from Celtic mythology. And as she um, continues with interact with them, she eventually develops a feeling of self-love, of self-worth to the point where, you know, their com- their relationship is complicated because she realizes that she deserves better, right? And so it's this sort of gothic romance where you take somebody that was forced into a sort of um, proto-marriage, so as to say, and she, throughout the whole story, develops a sense of self-worth to know that she's better than that, but also develops feelings for that main character. So I thought you were going to recommend it, not tell me the whole, the whole. Yeah, I feel like oh, I just story. know the whole no, no, story no, 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 now. No, no, no. I need to watch it. Thanks a lot, Jang. Believe me, this this is not this is not an inkling of what you're going to see. You went too throughout far, the whole series. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. But hmm. what's the other one? The other one, if you like shonen, if you like intense, we like shonen competition, yeah. right? Kaguya sama, love is war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the premise is you got the the student council president, right? She's he's this guy that he comes from a poor family. But his accomplishments are so great academically that he managed to get into this super elite, like only the creme de la creme of society, get to go school, right? And he's the president of this, of the, the, um, I said it, um, the school council, right? The student council. Mm-hmm. And then there's the vice president, which is this girl who comes from a very affluent family, has a lot of money, but she's also um, extremely, you know, she's 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 been pedigreed to a certain degree, right? Her parents make sure that she's learned violin, she's learned a lot of things from many crafts, and she's like this uber genius, and she's the vice president. The thing is that both of these characters are extremely proud of their own identity, and both of these characters are in love with each other. But none of them want to admit it to the other character because that would mean that they are sort of lowering themselves 
in being the one that confesses their love, right? So the whole series is them doing mind games, like Death Note-style mind games, to get the other one to confess to them. And it's so hilarious. It's it's a comedy, and I freaking absolutely love it. The way that they try to fool each other into confessing their love or to giving them an inch so that they get to be the one who the other confessed their love to them. Mm-hmm. It's really great. And if you like Shonen, if you like that high tension, sort of like mind game, extreme sort of like narration, you're definitely going to love Kaguya-sama Love is War. You know, the only reason I've never watched it um, mm-hmm. or haven't started watching it is because I keep seeing comparisons to Katakano mm-hmm. from from Hideakiano and uh, yeah. and I remember that show. That show was real good and it does sound exactly like what you just described. But I do want to watch it because mm. I, I probably, if I watched um, Katakano again, I don't know um, yeah. unless it gets remastered. I think I would I would I would very much appreciate like some new animation. <laughs> So Karakano is a bit different in the sense that the main character is like the very proud one, which mm-hmm. is the the female character. And then the other one, he's just actually perfect <laughs> in it. a certain way, right? <laughs> and so in this one, it's more about they're both playing mind games with each other. And they're mm-hmm. both trying to like do that thing. And I think Karakano, like that sort of thing where she's trying to prove that the other guy is just as like dark and like hypocritical as she is Mm -hmm. um that arc ends rather early into the series Mm -hmm. i think but this is like the whole the the premise of the whole series you're gonna see them compete for each other's like acceptance and, and and confession throughout the whole series and it's it's amazing it's an amazing journey to go through and it's hilarious okay um so yeah those are my two recommendations for now got it got it so yeah Thank you so much for listening to this wonderful slice of lifey episode. No, of, uh, no, no, what? no. We forgot something. What? <clears throat> I forgot it. What, oh, what, is the right. gimmick, what is the gimmick right. of our show? Okay, Josue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Joe? the next episode? Okay. Sorry, so, I got. I thought this was going to be a two-porter, and we were going to make two up two hours of episode. Nope. Nope. We're okay. Done. Sorry. We've, we've Sorry. I was you. mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Josue, yeah, yeah. tell me. So, uh, What's our next episode for those about? of you who who maybe knew that <laughs> what we do on the show is that one of us chooses, we take turns and we choose an episode at the end of the mm. the conversation, inspired hopefully by that conversation. Yeah. And uh, so I've settled on on what I'm uh, what I want to talk about. I'm not sure exactly. I don't have the topic uh, super super uh, specific, but um, and it's related to a conversation Jiang and I had recently. While playing Genshin Impact, mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned visual novels. I we've talked about Persona. Persona feels anime, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, I, I think I want to talk about anime video games, but not like video games based on anime. That's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. Just like, like the maybe the anime ness or mm-hmm. anime. Uh, anime translated like like the essence of of like why why is 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 do you know that something is feels anime right it's like oh that's that's anime as hell and it's like oh 
yeah, this video game is like that, right? And like Genshin, mm-hmm. Genshin Impact feels that way. Yeah. Um. So, so I don't know what what to call that, but this is I'll, those I'll are to, anime video games. I think that's that's like an actual genre of okay. video games. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. Because yeah. because like, I mean, like Rumpa, like. Um, but 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 like that's a visual yeah. novel, right? Mm-hmm. And and I don't and like some visual novels are very you know. They they feel anime or you know, they yeah. may literally be adapted from a light novel or a, or a manga. But mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. There's something about that, right? Like like the mm-hmm. the essence of, of of anime, but making it interactive. And it, I mean, it may include like you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I may end up just talking about like Dragon Ball Z video games for an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. But that's not the plan. <laughs> that's not the plan. There's, there's Code something... Vein. The what? Dark Souls anime. Dark Souls Code Vein. <laughs> right but uh yeah 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 i get it takes guess. a lot of inspiration from tokyo ghoul yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah i haven't played Covain, but um but there's yeah there's something there's mm. there's something here there's something here i want yeah. i want i want to explore that i'm not sure okay. um yeah hmm. Hmm. so that's gonna be our next topic anime games uh yes until running title running title yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for now yeah okay so now thank you for listening to this episode of otaku Rioho. if you want to contact us there is a variety of places that you can go there is the geek therapy forums there's the discord there's twitter um all of those links will be in the show notes is there anything i'm missing no all right then Thank you so much for listening, and we'll hear from you next time. No, we won't. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. I'll edit that out.